The pilot, the pilot, ask me anything, takes off now. What is going on, Aviation Nation, and welcome back to this edition of the Pilot the Pilot Ask Me Anything. And this is kind of a special edition because we are actually going to be using your voice to ask the questions. So I switched over to Anchor, as you might have heard the ad in the middle of the last couple episodes. This is giving me the ability to, one, post more episodes. So I can post episodes on Tuesdays and Thursdays or every single day for that matter, where my last hosting service won't let me. And two, it gives me the ability to insert your questions straight from the app into a podcast, which is really cool. So now on the Ask Me Anything, instead of me reading the whole entire thing, I can have your voice, you can say your name correctly when I'm butchering it, and you can ask me any question you could possibly want to. So you might be asking yourself, how do I do this? Well, one, you need to follow me on Instagram because I have the link there, and you click that link, swipe up, whatever it may be on a story, and you have the ability to record your question for me. Now remember, when you ask a question to say your first name, maybe your last name if you like to, definitely your Instagram name in case people want to follow you if it's a great question or they have similar questions and maybe you can talk it out after this. Now, if you ask me a question based on training, I might not be able to answer or it might not be the right person to answer that. Now, I might try to answer or I might try to refer you to someone else, maybe like Jason from Learn the Finer Points or Chris Mangle Attack. They will definitely be able to answer those questions a lot better than I can, but everything else is fair game. So make sure to ask me those questions. If you enjoyed this and you want to see this be a weekly or a monthly segment on the podcast, let me know. You can email me at pilotthepilothq at gmail.com and uh, just let me know if you enjoy this because the more questions I get, the more these I will do. So the more questions you ask me, then the more frequent you will be hearing these. Now, I believe I have nine questions maybe, and I'll try to answer them to the best of my ability. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and get into the pilot, the pilot, ask me anything. Hey, Justin, this is Govinda Cara. Uh, My Instagram is Govinda96. And my question is, looking back on your aviation career, as well as your flight training days, what are some things you wish you would have done differently? or some things you wish you would have done period you know whether it's like getting a tailwheel endorsement or uh whatever you know um so yeah and lastly thank you for what you're doing this is awesome and you have an amazing uh podcast so yeah thank you all right that's a great question so uh what would i have done differently i think if i could go back and do anything this is not a slight against any school or anything i say doesn't mean that's the bad thing to do i don't regret it but if i could go back i think i would just do part 61 training maybe i would have started when i was younger because i came from an aviation family and you're hearing all these great stories of people come from aviation families that are out there you know having their commercial pilot license when they're 20 years old they're getting hired at airlines really really young And I think that maybe I I wish I would have gone and trained a little bit earlier and not waited until I was 20 years old to take my first flight. Now, is that really practical? I don't know. I was really involved with sports. That's all I did my whole life was just play basketball, baseball, and football, and eventually football in college. But yeah, I think that's something I would change. I don't think I would want to get my, maybe I'd start with my tailwheel too, just because I think that's a very valuable kind of uh, of flying to have. It teaches you a lot of stick and rudder skills and it would really help me out coming up in the future. But I don't regret not getting my tailwheel just because at the time I was more focused on getting my ratings and hours and that was just some more money I needed to spend. So right now, if I could, I would definitely get my tailwheel, seaplane, insert any kind of rating here. That'd be pretty cool to go do. Um, but yeah, I think that's what I changed most. I think it would be one, 
either maybe just stay 61 the whole time in my training and two, it would be to start training and try to solo when I was 16 and get all my training done when I was in high school. Maybe I think that might be something I do. So that's a good question. Thank you. Here's question number two. Hi, Justin. My name is Hannah Neal. I'm a pilot out of Oregon. And my question for you is, what was your experience like the first time you went solo into IMC? Uh, were you nervous, scared, excited? Uh, did you make any mistakes that you learned from? Uh, what was it like? <laughs> That's another really good question because I got my IFR rating and I don't think I really flew too much IFR all by myself. I didn't really go up by myself unless I needed to just because I was trying to get all my training and all my hours done as fast as possible. I did fly to build time, but it was mostly on nice days with my wife to go go to a picnic or go to BQ1 in North Carolina and get some barbecue. But I'd say the first time was probably when I was doing aerial survey, flying an aerial survey repositioning flight in an IFR certified plane, which isn't really common for most aerial survey companies. But yeah, I'd say it was a little unnerving to be honest. I mean, it wasn't exactly right after I was doing my IFR. So I had to brush up on some of the things and I had to really understand the IFR system again, because it was been so long since I've flown IFR, but even going into flying freight. So flying single pilot freight, sometimes flying IFR, you know, the weather just wasn't always the best. And whether you're crossing fronts or you're going through thunderstorms, going into land, you really had to learn to get comfortable in certain situations and you had to understand where your limits were and when not to push it and when to say no. But there are definitely times where I popped through. I was just flying out, going in and out of thunderstorms. Not anything that's dangerous, but maybe sometimes you're just in a, a green section of the radar and that's really rocking your, your plane around and you around. Or maybe see one puffy cloud and you're like, oh, it's not too bad. You go through it and you get absolutely rocked. And it kind of brings your, your awareness up, gives you a little pucker factor. But I'd say it, it was a little bit unnerving. And in the first time I went in, I think I, I was probably a little bit like, oh my gosh, I'm actually doing this. But it was really cool. I will definitely say that I had to get more experience to feel more comfortable flying in the clouds because it is definitely different. Now, there's a difference between flying in clouds without any turbulence. That was totally fine with me. Now, the first plane I flew, aerial survey didn't have an autopilot. So it was all me flying in there. So it was a really great experience that I didn't really get anywhere else. Uh, but yeah, once I got on a turbulence, once I started flying freight there, I remember there were flights when I was flying in the caravan, flying freight. And I was just like, please let this be done. Like, let me pop out of the cloud. Like, I do not want to be in this turbulence anymore or dealing with this because it was constant and nonstop IFR and, and some bad weather too. So yeah, it, it is definitely unnerving the first time or maybe the first couple of times and it could be a while before you 100% feel comfortable. But I think that's an okay thing. Don't let that kind of turn you off from flying or turn you off from flying in the clouds because it's a skill that you need to learn. You need to learn how to feel comfortable flying IFR and kind of flying in the clouds like that. So yeah, it's definitely common. Hey, Justin, uh, big fan of the podcast. Just curious if uh, you have any information on how to boost the resume for major airline hiring. Um, as we know, with the, the coronavirus going on, everything's kind of stopped. So this is a great time to kind of you know, try, to, try to improve your resume. I'm um, just curious on what you've heard um, in regards to you know, boosting your resume, what kind of volunteer work you can do, or, you know, maybe even pursuing higher education, such as graduate education. I'm just curious on um, what you've heard in regards to, you know, making your resume and application more competitive. Thanks. 
That is a fantastic question. I just recorded and released a podcast, uh, what was it, last Thursday. It was with Martin Rottler, my old professor, who now works at Envoy. And he has, uh, his job now is kind of, uh, not necessarily hiring, but he is outreach and man, he's going to get mad at me for butchering what he does because he says it all the time perfectly. But if when you listen to the podcast, I'll tell you exactly what he does. But he puts out a good point. He says, use this time, I think we both said it, but use this time right now to find a way to separate yourself from the other competition because when they go back to hiring, they're going to have so many applications. Not saying they don't have applications before, but they're actually going to have applications to choose from and you want to make sure yours is at the top. You get hired first. So look for ways that you can separate yourself. Now, I wouldn't necessarily say you need to go get um, another degree. You need to go back to school, but look for ways you can volunteer. Professional Pilots of Tomorrow, that's a great group that you can go volunteer. You can help mentor future pilots and what they need to do. Reach out to me. I mean, I'm always looking for extra help as well. Uh, I'm looking looking for people to help out with the aviation coronavirus news website, looking for people to help out my website, looking for people to help help find other guests. Like uh, just go offer your services. This is kind of like a Gary Vee message, but see what you can do to someone else for free, whether it's an internship or you're just working on the side for them and offer them so much value that either they have to pay you to keep you or then you can get kind of something in return as a mentorship or you can get you know, a, a recommendation or you can put it on your resume. So whether it's with me, whether it's with AOPA, reach out to them, reach out to an airline itself and see if they need any help with anything. Uh, Midwest Air Photography always needed people to help with um, mopping floors or doing jobs that just weren't very weren't very glamorous at all. But yeah, reach out to people, see if they need any help with anything. Try to try to get away because this industry is all about who knows who. I mean, if you can get in with someone that knows someone that where you want to go, that's the airline you want to go to, that's the regional you want to go to, that's the corporate job you want to go to, fractional, whatever, then that's really going to help you out. Word of mouth helps out a lot. So I don't think you necessarily need to go get another degree. I mean, right now, I think everyone should try to save as much money as they can for the future. I mean, it is smart to invest in yourself, but I think right now with the certainty that this is, I think it's better to save that money and uh, try to put it towards something that is going to help pay rent and everything like more immediate right now. So don't worry about that, but definitely try to find a way you can volunteer, whether even it could be a food bank, you could help out a food bank, you could help out with the homeless, you could help out at a church, but just do some volunteer work, do some really good work right now where it's just going to be somewhere, someone reading your resume and they're gonna be like, wow, that's really cool. No one else has done this much volunteer work in such a bad time because a lot of other people right now might just playing video games or might just be watching YouTube or do anything. You can even create something, create a podcast, create a YouTube channel, just create some kind of content and offer some services to help others. And I think that'll go a long way. Here's the next question. Do you do any uh, flight simulator uh, games? And if you do, um, what setups do you use? All right, so Flight Simulator plays a very key part in a lot of aviators' future and uh, them becoming an av geek and wanting to fly. For me, I never played Flight Simulator. Uh, the only games I ever played were football, baseball, basketball, shooting games. I never really played Flight Simulator. I kind of wish I did. I would love to have a sweet setup for Flight Simulator, especially with the new flight, Microsoft Flight Simulator coming out. If anyone works for Microsoft, I'd love to interview someone on that team or Infinite Flight just to talk about that. I interviewed X-Plane 11 a while ago. That was really cool. 
cool. But yeah, I don't really play Flight Simulator too much. I, I would love to get more into it and kind of fly some routes and go on Twitch maybe. I think that'd be kind of cool. But yeah, I'm not really too into it as of right now. Maybe that will change in the future. But I know Chris Manuel Attack has a sweet setup. Josh just got a sweet setup with uh, Mr. Aviation or Captain Aviation 101. Check out his YouTube channel on what's coming out there. But there's a lot of cool stuff. And what you can do with Ford Flight and Flight Simulator is pretty amazing as well. So those are the people to follow and find out about Flight Simulator. Hi, my name is Shane. Um, I really enjoy listening to your podcast. And I guess my question was, from all the aircraft you flew, which one was your favorite and why? Uh, yeah, follow me on Instagram at st underscore aviation underscore. Thanks. Shane, thanks so much for the, the question, man. Um, I've flown some cool airplanes. I will say I, I don't have as many as kind of as some other people that are on the podcast, but I have flown some cool ones. Uh, I would have to say my all-time favorite would probably be would probably be the latitude just because it's my first jet when you fly your first jet it holds a special part in your heart and i mean it's just so powerful it does so many cool things it's brand new it's the first plane i've ever flown that has working heat working air conditioning and has a bathroom in it let alone a fridge and and so many cool a keurig machine the plane has a keurig machine where i can get up and make coffee i mean how would you not like that so it definitely have to be the latitude but a very close second is the pc12 just one of the most amazing airplanes good airplane to look at great airplane to fly just so capable if i won the lottery i'd probably go buy a pc12 because a latitude is 16 million dollars so i'm not buying one of those but it would be awesome uh so yeah it would definitely be the latitude followed by the pc12 and then everything else is is way below there if i had to go with a smaller airplane even though those aren't the biggest airplanes in the world, I would have to say I had a special place in my heart for a Piper Aero. I remember when I went from my 172 to a Piper, not mine, the flight school when I renting, I don't own a plane, 172 to the Aero. I just remember how cool I felt to have a complex airplane, to have a retractable gear, to have to do 25 square, to have to just kind of more things to think about and a little bit more uh, in-depth airplane to learn. I thought that was the coolest airplane in the world and I thought I was like Maverick from Top Gun flying that thing. So those would be my favorite airplanes for sure. And, all right, here comes the next question. Hey, Justin, this is Darren McGuire or Scooby-Doo303 on Instagram. Thank you so much for doing this podcast. Got an easy question, I guess. Are the AirPod Pros worth upgrading or should I keep my normal AirPods? Thanks, man. Darren, all right, this, this will save your ears. Get the AirPod Pros. They are the best. I mean... I, I've had mine for less than six months now and I think I've worn them out. I think I'm about to have to go either get them replaced by Apple or have to buy some new ones just because how much that I've worn them and how much I've used them. It is an amazing tool to have and it fits in your pocket and you can throw it in your ears. You can you can use it on the walk around. I use it all the time near the APU and I I, I would say it protects my ears. I could probably do better with, with something else, but it definitely helps in a pinch and you can also listen to music, listen to podcasts. You still have some awareness. I would be careful with uh, the total noise cancellation walking out on the ramp just because sometimes it can block out a lot and you might run into stuff. Someone might be talking to you to warn you about something. So yeah, definitely be careful with that. But uh, the one great thing too is we do a lot of commuting, not necessarily your airline commuting, but we go to and from the latitude with a paid ticket. So we're sitting in the back of the plane a lot and there's movies so we can hook up to Bluetooth and I can watch a movie. The charge time is about four hours and most flights that I go on from Chicago are no more than four hours. So I automatically have a full movie or two to watch when I'm going on there. So yeah, I would highly recommend the AirPod Pros to anyone in aviation. And I mean, you look really cool wearing them too. <laughs> That's a little bit better than the big AirPods for sure. All right, here comes the next question. Hey, Justin, this is Bailey Davis, Pilot Davis on Instagram. 
Just curious, what airport has been the most challenging to fly in and out of out of the entire aircraft that you've flown, whether it be the Citation Latitude, the Pilatus PC-12, the Caravan, or one of the general aviation aircraft that you flew before that? Thank you very much. Man, all right. This question's hard. The whole time I was listening to that, I was trying to think of one. Uh, I know I ask this question to everyone and I expect an answer really quick and really fast. And now you're kind of doing that on me. I, I have had to think about this. My, the worst, kind of the hardest airport I've ever had to land at in all of my flying. Um, I mean, just the one that I can think of right now, not necessarily hard, just different would be Aspen. And that's just because of the, the glide slope that you have going on there. Just the landing conditions, the mountains, the visuals, the weather's always weird there. That's a really kind of tricky airport. Um, a lot of mountain airports can be a little bit tricky. They can be fun and very rewarding and, and challenging. But I'd say Aspen definitely kind of takes the cake on those airports. Some airports, I'm trying to think. Um, Ocean Reef is supposed to be a really challenging one. I haven't been to. I've done it in the sim, but I can't say that one was really bad. Teeter can really be a pain in the butt when it's windy and they don't want to switch runways so you have to land with a 30 knot crosswind that can be interesting that's not always fun and it's always bumpy going into Utah, bro especially when you're coming around to the west and you got to go go get vectored around at 3,000 feet over the the hills over there that's always bumpy so that I, yeah i hate to say i don't really know if i have a, a maybe a least favorite or most challenging that i can think of right now other than maybe aspen until you get used to it once you get used to aspen it gets easy but the sight picture is just crazy going to Aspen for the first time. You, you really don't think you're going you're gonna to get in a position to land stabilized or well, Aspen stabilized and uh, to land in, in a safe condition. Aspen has definitely gotten the best out of a lot of pilots and, and Teterboro can get you too. You have to be on your, on, your, on your game going to Teterboro. There's a lot going on there. Hey, Justin. I think it's really interesting uh, the career path you're taking, the fractional um, corporate flying career path. I'm uh, just curious what your long-term goal is for aviation. Most people go regionals, hoping to get on with a major airline after that. But just wondering, you know, are you going to plan to go fractional um, for, for the rest of your career? Or do you plan going, you know, staying at your current job, jumping over to a low-cost carrier that doesn't require um, 121 time, uh, going over there and then trying to get hired at a major airline? Or maybe even going, you know, fractional over to regional with a flow or something? I'm just curious what your uh, what your long term career plan is. Ah, uh, the million dollar question: Am I going to go to a major airline, or am I going to stay where I am, or whatever? It's funny that this question's coming up when my wife's in here and she's laughing at me as I as I'm answering this, just because. Uh, or no one really knows that. That, that, that changes quite constantly what we think about what we want to do. But uh, specifically answering your question, I would say I plan on staying where I am. I, I really like where I am. Working at the fractional uh, kind of corporate is kind of my style. It's what I like to do. The flying I like to do, just the company is great to work for. Not being able to, or not having to commute is amazing. Living pretty much anywhere in the whole country and they will buy you a ticket to go to a plane is just kind of unbeatable. Um, there's a lot of good advantages to work where I work and it's some place that I'm very lucky to work for. Answering your question a little more specifically, if I did go to a major airline or, or switch jobs, I wouldn't go to a regional or a uh, LCC. I would only go either where I'm working now or a major airline. Um, I don't really want to fly freight again, but so it'd probably be here or Delta United and um, Delta United American, maybe Southwest, but I view my career staying where I am and I really like the job that I do here. So as of right now, I don't plan on going anywhere else, but that is the end of that question. 
Oh my gosh, I thought that I was done and I almost didn't answer the question from uh, my arch nemesis. No, I'm just kidding. He's not my arch nemesis from JT Aviation. If you don't follow him on Instagram, give him a follow right now. Uh, I almost forgot to answer this question. So before we go into the outro, I want to make sure I answer this question. So here is the question from JT. Uh, We need to give him some flack because it sounds like he recorded this maybe in 1955 at the beginning, but he eventually got it figured out. So let's hear his question right now. This is easily recording number 20. I've, I've lost track now. I'm really hoping this works. This is Jake from JT Aviation on Instagram. I have two questions for you. First, what topic of conversation do you most enjoy having with a guest that joins your show? And two, what topic of conversation are you most passionate about when it comes to our industry in aviation? Thanks, man. All right. That's a good question. Those are two good questions. Um, So what do I, am I most passionate about when I talk to someone on the podcast? I think I really like hearing the why, hearing why someone gets into aviation. I feel like it can be very different depending on who you're talking to, who you're around. Uh, The why is really cool to me. If it's when you're younger, if it's when you're older, if it was your dad, if it was your mom, if it was your aunt, uncle, whatever it may be, World War II, uh, I think the why is really cool and I really like the why. Uh, Your second part of what makes me really passionate or what am I most passionate about and I honestly, I hate when people say honestly because it makes me feel like maybe people lie, but I, I really think it is... I want to help people get to where they want to get in the best path possible. So CFI is not necessarily the path for everyone. Uh, CFI, then regional, or maybe you want to go aerial survey to go freight and then go to regional, or maybe you want to skip it all together. But I want to get certain tracks, multiple tracks from multiple different types of people to get them to their dream jobs. So kind of like what Delta Propel is doing right now but I want to make it available to everyone. I really want to help make sure they don't get stuck. I mean, I flew at a couple of places that were a little bit sketchy and I want to make sure people don't have that same experience that I had. I want to weed out the sketchy carriers. I want to make sure that people can uh, not fly bad aircraft. They can make sure that there's maintenance going on and get rid of kind of the sketchy 135 or part 91 carriers that a lot of young, young time pilots can get, find themselves in trouble with. Now uh, that that's different for everyone. Everyone's had, some people have had good experience with their 91 carriers and other people have had terrible experiences. So I really am focused on trying to figure out the time building, how to make that better, how to how to make separate tracks for multiple different people that want to do different things with their career. So I think that that is my biggest passion and that's something I really want to help fix. And maybe it's not broken to you, but to me, I feel like we could do that better. So JT, thank you for that question. I really appreciate it. And that is the, my best of my ability. Also, it sounded like your Princess Leia asking us for help saying I'm your only hope halfway through that thing. So but I appreciate the question nonetheless, man. Thank you. Aviation, that is a wrap of the pilot. The pilot asked me anything. If you enjoyed this kind of episode, if you enjoyed hearing someone else ask a question and have me answer, let me know. Email me pilotthepilothq at gmail.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram at pilotthepilot. Not only just so you can follow me for my content, but so you know when I'm planning to do another one. You can always ask a question. There's a link in my bio right now. It's not always going to be there, but there will be more stories and other stuff that you can swipe up to to leave a voice message for me. So all you got to do is swipe up. I don't even know if you have to create an account. So let me know if you do. I can add that to it later. But just ask me a question. Whatever you want it to be. It could be about me personally. It could be about flying. It could be about anything. It's a lot of fun to hear from you and answer these questions. And it's a lot of fun to hear your voice and answer the questions. I don't like just sitting there and talking on my own. So hearing your voice really helps me answer the questions. And I hope this is some added value to uh, to what you want to hear. So do that, please. And uh, I hope everyone's staying safe. And I hope we get to flying soon. Uh, I'm going back out. Today is uh, Wednesday, the 29th of April. 
and I'm going back out to work on the 1st of May. So we'll be when you're hearing this, I should be out to work, hopefully flying Laddie. So Aviation, I hope you guys are staying safe. And as always, happy flying. <laughs>